You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Welcome. Glad you could join us now here in the studio with Michael Card. My name is Wayne Shepherd, and we have a packed podcast. I, I, the alliteration is something that just occurred to me, Michael, but uh, <laughs> a packed podcast today. Aaron Schust is going to talk with none other than Michael Card during this hour. Uh, I miss that was pre recorded earlier in the day, and I missed being a part of that, and I'm yeah. sorry to have missed that. So I'm going to listen to that as a listener here in a few moments. We just had to stumble along without you, Wayne. It was hard. Oh, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> but we tried to make it work. Yeah. You guys are good friends. I know it went well. We're, go- we're all going to hear it here in a few moments when you talk with Aaron, who's just back from Israel, so I'm sure you talked about that. Yes. Uh, and then later you, in the program. You were, you were missed. You were well, missed. You. That's the point. Thank you. Thank you. You were missed. Um, later then, Charles Morris. Now, that'll be my opportunity to, to introduce the two of you. You, you don't know Charles yeah. that well, and I know Charles very well. So we're going to meet Charles Morris of Haven today, later in the program today. Hey, that conversation with Aaron that's coming up, he is just back from Israel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, our featured resource, did you catch it, is the Holy Land Illustrated Bible this month. So. Yeah. And, and there, there's so many good pictures and, and articles on each one of the important sites. And for me, especially for the New Testament sites, the gospel sites, it's a great resource. Well, I'd like to open with a comment that we received. We had such wonderful response to the Easter time programs that we did, our Bible studies with George and between the two of us. And thank you to all those who listened and appreciated those podcasts uh, Carrie wrote to us, or maybe she pronounces it Kari, I'm not sure, but she says, I really enjoy listening to this podcast. It's a great encouragement to me in my songwriting journey. I grew up listening to Michael Card's music. You always love to hear that, don't you, Mike? Yes, yeah. And it is my hope to carry on the banner of internalizing God's word to the next generation. Wow. What a sweet and encouraging thing to say. Thank Indeed. you, Kari. Indeed. So yeah. thank you for your notes and comments. That's just one, of course, but you can reach us through Michael's website, michaelcard.com, or just email directly in the studio at michaelcard.com. Well, all things Israel coming up in a few moments with Aaron, but let's uh, let's set this up with a song that you recorded in Israel, Mike. Yeah, if, if you've uh, ever been to uh, Galilee, uh, if you've been to the Sea of Galilee, you know on the northern part of the lake, there's this beautiful mountain that's called the Arbel and uh, this song, uh, The Things We Leave Behind, I was perched up on that cliff top overlooking the Sea of Galilee and playing this wow. song. It was a real moment for me. Wow. We can picture that in our mind now as we listen to yeah. Things We Leave Behind. And then Mike will talk with Aaron Schust. This sort of relates a little bit to the location. Because Jesus called the disciples. I mean, that all happened right down there. I mean, just the northern tip of this lake. It, to me, it's amazing to me. My old conviction was that this is the only party ever went to. But when we crossed this this time, I thought in all of his life he must have been all around this lake. He must have walked over those hills. He must have come up here. You know, I can't think that it was just there that he. But that's where the ministry was. There sits Simon, so foolish and wise, which is right on the 
bank along there. That's where they were cleaning their nets. Proud, say proudly he's tending his nets. Then Jesus calls and the boats drift away and all that he owns he forgets. But more than the nets he abandoned that day. He found that his pride was soon drifting away And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find From the things that we leave behind And this is Matthew, which is like right there in Capernaum So That's the only time I can do that I'm doing that for you, Nate <laughs> And Matthew was mindful of taking the tax and pressing the people to pay But hearing the call He responded in faith And followed the light and the way And leaving the people so puzzled He found the greed in his heart Was no longer around And it's hard to imagine The freedom we find From the things that we leave behind Every heart needs to be set free From possessions that hold it so tight Cause freedom's not found in the things that we own It's the power to do what is right With Jesus our only possession Then giving becomes our delight and we can't imagine the freedom we find From the things that we leave behind And we show a love for the world in our lives By worshipping goods we possess But Jesus said, lay all your treasures aside And love God above all the rest when we say no to the things of the world We open our hearts to the love of the Lord And it's hard to imagine the freedom we find From the things that we leave behind Oh, and it's hard to imagine the freedom we find From the things that we leave behind Now that song was recorded uh, on Mount Arbel overlooking uh, the Sea of Galilee, one of the most beautiful places you can possibly imagine. And we're going to talk now to a good friend and a brother. We walk together. We look at bald eagles together. And uh, he's just a good friend, Mr. Aaron Schust. Hey, good buddy. My friend, it's good to be here on your show. Thanks for having me. And you just got back from Israel. I want to hear. I, I want to hear about your trip. I did. This is my seventh trip in six years, and I'm trying to catch up to you, my friend. I'm not sure that's ever possible, but but like you, Galilee has got to be my favorite place on planet Earth. Of course, my family is here in yeah. Tennessee, but I love that place, and it's no no wonder Jesus chose to hang out there so much. I, I didn't get to go up on Mount Arbel. Uh, but I, I drove around. I visited some friends in the Golan Heights, and I came back from the north, heading into Capernaum and toward Magdala. And there's a great view of the of Mount Arbel, and just beautiful, 
Beautiful. Good to, good to be back and visit some friends. Beautiful sunset, some beautiful sunrises almost every day. It's I always think uh-huh. of Jesus when he when he when he has to go down to Jerusalem, kind of you know sh- shrugging his shoulders and going, you know, shoot, I've got to go down to Jerusalem and leave this beautiful beautiful green uh, land full of birds and go down to the desert mm-hmm. where the Pharisees are. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, and I hear, you know, I was just there earlier in the month and everything was still still beautifully green at the end of the spring rains. The waterfalls had just begun uh, to dry up there in the north. And it's just spectacular. I actually started this trip visiting my friend Joshua Aaron. He did a concert at the Garden yes. Tomb, uh, which is pretty special. I wrote three songs uh, with him for this project and sang wow. on one of them. And he's just become a dear friend over the years. Yeah, and and so we we you know he was going through this the, the stressful preparation of rehearsals and all that jazz, and I was just trying to be a, a, a supportive friend. And then we went down to the Dead Sea and uh, went to a, a, a you have you heard of yes. glamping? You know what glamping uh-huh. is? It's like camping, but uh, uh-huh. slightly more upscale. Um, but still, only only slightly, uh-huh. only slightly. <laughs> we had running water. Uh, but we went down, and found some hot springs along the. Uh, we're just we're just good friends, you know, and just trying to trying to get in in nature. But the thing about Israel, it's not just getting in nature, yes. and it is beautiful. But like you think about the fact that as, as a believer, I've, I've, I was raised Christian, and I've been reading yeah. about this place my yeah. entire life. I know about En Gedi. I know about where David hung out, but I hadn't seen it yeah. until I went there, and. That's the thing that makes this so much greater than just going to France or Fiji or Hawaii. Yeah. Going to the land that I've been reading about my entire life is, is um, spectacular. Yeah, the reality of it, really, uh, it, it dawns on you that, you know, like one of my favorite places, you go to the traditional site of Jesus' baptism there on the Jordan, and mm-hmm. then after he's, I was there, yeah. after he's baptized, he basically turns around and walks into the wilderness, and if you're there, you see... You turn around and you walk across the street and you're in the desert. He's in the desert, yeah. And I was just reading this morning, and I think it was John 10. It was right before Lazarus, which makes sense because he would have, we were just talking about this before, mm-hmm. beforehand uh, with Bethany, that Jesus left uh, He left the north and went back to where John had baptized. Not, yeah. you, know, the, 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 you know, the original site, yeah, the, the traditional site, like you said. Like he went back down there, back into the desert. And you can't quite, there's something, you read your Bible very differently after you've been yes. At least once, yes. Uh, and you keep visiting. And there's and there's so many more places to explore. Like yeah. I haven't been to Lazarus' tomb yet after mm-hmm. seven tr- visits. I, so I'll, I want to add that to my list of things. So the next time I read John 11, I have a better picture of what that felt like. Yeah. Well, you know, it's in like so many places in Israel. We're not really sure that that's the spot. And they've the Muslims have built a big mosque over the top of it. There's a mm. there's a really nice gift shop right next to it. The guys are really <laughs> really nice there. Uh, nice. But I, I would like to know, having just come back, what is your favorite place? I mean, what what place do you feel is the most connected to the Lord that you get when you go there? For me, it's just standing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is his world. Yes. That beautiful green world of Galilee. On, uh, on Monday morning or Tuesday, it doesn't matter. Uh, last week, I went out with, with Joshua. He has two, uh, he actually has three are they called SUP boards or SUP, uh, the stand-up boards, maybe SUB oh, paddle boards. Wow. Yeah. You did that on the Sea of Galilee? I walked on the water. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, it was, it was so difficult. So to speak. 
so to speak. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was fun. Here I am. Like at first, I'm just trying to maintain my balance, and I have to, you have to bend the knees yeah. the proper amount, and you have to if you lean back too far, the slightest ripple will knock you on your you know into the water. Yeah. And once you figure that out, you start paddling, and it feels like exercise. And the and the weather was perfect. The water was cool. The sun was warm. And then you think wow. this is not just my local lake. This is not Radnor yes. Lake here in Nashville. This is the Sea of Galilee, Kinneret, yes. Kinneret. Um, yeah, this is where it's, this is not like where Jesus walked. This is where is. Jesus walked. And, um, yeah. and so what's nice is my first visit a few years ago was all full of that initial shock and awe of this is where Jesus was. And I would walk yeah. around with my, with my Bible into Capernaum and Jesus walked to the synagogue and then Peter's mother's house. And I did the same thing. So there was, that was, I was full of awe and I, I yeah. knew that I didn't want every subsequent visit to be just full of, Oh, cool. This is where Jesus was. So I've intentionally developed relationships with, with people and tried to keep those relationships up. And this visit was full yeah. of a lot of reconnecting with ministries and uh-huh. ministers and friends in the land. Uh, but I did have a couple of those moments, like being on that paddleboard that was surprisingly shocking. Like, Oh wow, this is, yeah. this is yeah, where that for me that when, when we take groups, I tell people now you have the sea of Galilee in your head, right? When you read that in the gospels, you sort of have the, it's various, it's a small world. It's not a sea, it's a lake, right? And it's, and there are birds everywhere. It's the major flyway between uh, Africa and Asia, and there are parrots, and there, you know, there. Um, the green parrots I've seen, I believe, like Bob Ross would say, that was a happy accident. I think someone brought a pet, uh, oh, like I don't know I how many decades were, ago, and it released, and all of a sudden there's millions of natu- these beautiful oh, green parrots. Okay, I think that was an accident, but it's, totally ruins they're not indigenous. I those were part of Jesus' world. <laughs> we'll go with that story. We'll go with natural. No, no. I- the storks, <laughs> the storks I've not personally seen, but there is a massive. So tell me that storks and. Yeah, the, the migration, it's an annual migration that comes right through the land. Yeah. Um, I've not seen that with my. Yeah, pelican. Pelican is the word I was uh, looking for. Ah, that's my wife's favorite bird. How about that? I need to look out for those yeah. next time. Pelicans are a part of Jesus' world. That's incredible. And kingfishers. Kingfishers. Okay, yes. have you seen a wag? Have you seen a wagtail? I don't even know what that is. Oh, they're a little sparrow. And their tail goes like this constantly. Interesting. As they're flying. Yeah. Up and down. And no, no, no. When they're walking around, oh, eating, they wag their tails. They stop and their their tails wag. They're called wagtails. And that's part of Jesus' world. Unless, like you said, somebody released one, you know, twenty years ago and they were they were intru- <laughs> can't spoil that story for you. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Th- that needs yeah. to make it into your next now project, the, my friend. Jesus world. The mind, yeah, you know, that's a I, part of what Jesus knew. That's cool. Right? I have to work on that. Well, I do know that what are the trees that from Australia, the eucalyptus trees, they weren't there when Jesus was there, but they're everywhere they now. They are there, yeah. Um, I think I yeah. saw quite a few of those in the Golan Heights. I went up and, and there's this big, because it's, it's. I think um, Israel is, is one of the northernmost points where the Great Barrier, not the Great Barrier, that's Australia. What do you call it? The Rift Valley from Africa goes all uh-huh. the way up that same merging of two huh. tectonic plates. So these are these great valleys. It's the same uh. it's the same rift that makes the the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. It's why they're yeah. they're it's yeah. the lowest points on earth. Yeah. Yeah, the lowest place you can stand and still breathe air. That's pretty cool. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, what else? I mean, now now that you're back, what I mean, what's next for you? Are you writing? Are you going to record another record, or I'm in, are you going to come to my house and we're going to take a walk and look for bald eagles? That, what, what's it going to be? We, we, that's pretty incredible. We did take a nice little walk behind your house, and God blessed us with a yep. sighting of an amazing bald eagle. Just I posted about we that. We saw a bald yeah, eagle. There were a bunch of people in the Pacific. I saw it. Right, the post. 
uh, uh, some yeah. Northwest people were like, that's not a, that's not an uncommon site. Like, well, it is here. It's, it was very uncommon. Uh, it was pretty spectacular to see maybe yeah. in Washington state. It's not so much, but yeah. uh, I, I have a, a list of songs that are re, uh, from the, from the Psalms that I'm looking forward to recording. Uh, so January into early mm-hmm. February was a, was a concentrated season of writing for me. Not every see. Mm-hmm. There's something about the the psychology of a new year, or even a new week, or even a new day. Like I'm more creative in the mornings. I'm more creative on Mondays. I'm more creative in Januarys, and it's just my own mm. way my brain works. Uh, I think by November I get tired, um, and the idea it's because you're young <laughs> that I get tired in January. See when you're. When when you're 65 like me, you'll be tired all the, all time. the time. So so do my do my writing now. You know, I remember someone someone yes. challenged me when I was just starting to do this like touring and recording. I was 29, 30, and someone asked me if I had I was exercising my muscle of songwriting, and I didn't know what that meant, so I inquired. And he said, you know, basically uh-huh. writing when you don't feel like it. And I think uh, uh-huh. I thought that was good advice, um, but I've only spent the last 15 years feeling guilty about not doing that. And I think there, I think mm-hmm. there are seasons. There are, um, you know, there's the ebb and flow yes. where you do you hunker down and you just feel like I'm going to write like crazy this month and it feels good. Yes. And then there's times where you don't. Life is, life is seasonal. That's one of my Amen. sort of truths that I live by now. There's a season for. Well, I mean, the scripture says that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For every time there's a season. Yeah, Ecclesiastes 3, yeah. absolutely. So, um, yeah, see, he, you know he would know the, the actual number. That's why I like Aaron. He would actually Well, I have, I have tech support here you know, whispering these things into my ear. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I did just, I wrote this song about four years ago about the promises of God to Abraham and his descendants called, called Zion. And I just recorded this, just finished the BGVs, the background vocals yesterday in Portuguese. And that was, I've never done a foreign wow. language thing before, except for singing a little Hebrew now and then spattered, you know, scattered about. Yeah, yeah. This was new territory for me. Yeah. And so why, why Portuguese? Uh, a combination of a little bit of research and just feeling like feeling prompted the, 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 the point of the song, while it m- may have impact on multiple audiences, I think it's could be, it could be educational for for Gentile Christians like myself, it could be uh, mm-hmm. encouraging to Messianic Jews to say, "Yes, these are the promises that we cling to." I also want it to be uh, evangelistic to the Jewish listener who has not yet embraced Yeshua, Jesus, as Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know that there is a, a a large population of Jewish people in in France. Uh, it would be French, obviously, uh, and also in mm-hmm. Brazil, which speaks Portuguese but a, a different dialect than they speak in Portugal. So I, I have a I, hmm. I had it translated. Uh, and again, this is where like the I'm not just translating a song about a about a car or about the beach. This is not a Beach Boys song. Like theologically, it has to be accurate. So when someone says, yes. "Hey, I'm changing this into Portuguese for you," like, "Thanks." What are you actually saying? I want to make sure it passes the tests of the theology and, and what I'm trying to convey in the quoting of scripture. And so we finally got this approved, yeah. and and then I had a, a a dialect coach come in, a kid who's actually grown up in. He's not a kid anymore. He grew up in São Paulo, Brazil. And I'm just making these crazy noises coming out of my mouth. And he tells me, nah, not quite yeah. right. Not quite right. And then I, after 10 tries, I finally get it right. We press save and go to the next syllable. Um, and so yeah. yesterday he actually, he, he happens to have a great voice. His name's Evu. Uh-huh. So I was like, hey, instead of you coaching me how to sing, why don't you just sing all the background you- vocals? 
And, and he nailed it. <laughs> and I had a very easy day. I thought it was going to be a difficult day yesterday. And I just watched him sing. So hopefully uh, in May, the, the, the uh, Portuguese version of Zion, Sion, comes out. Wow. Difficult language, my friend. People are going to think I'm fluent, wow. and I am not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you're only fluent in Hebrew and English. <laughs> I, I know how to say pizza in Hebrew. Pizza. <laughs> I know I know how to say how are you in Hebrew, but when people tell me how they are, I don't know enough <laughs> Hebrew the, to know what they're saying. That's the same saying, thing so. happened. You said it to me. Manishma <laughs> achi. And I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Tov. Tov. Uh, good stuff. Oh, uh, well. I, you know, I, it sure is good to talk to you, um, brother. It's good to see your face. Um, I'm glad you're back. Like I said, I was sort of following you on on Facebook. Saw that you did a concert uh, at the Garden Tomb. Mm-hmm. That must have been pretty cool. You know, and we also did a small little concert uh, uh, with a congregation outside of Haifa. Uh, it was special. Reached out to a friend who's a um, who's a, a a rabbi, a messianic rabbi in Haifa. It's like, hey, would it make sense for us to just, my friend, my friend Joshua and I, if we could just come in and, and minister to your people. I, you know, I was thinking, what would Paul do if he was traveling through Ephesus? I don't think he would rent the Acropolis and charge tickets. I think he would just meet with the people and, uh, and, yeah. and, and see if they could be a mutual blessing. And I'll tell you, it was a blessing to me. And some little old ladies praying over me at the beginning and they were dancing during the during the concert and people don't normally dance in my concerts, but apparently in Israel, Israel, they do. Now, were you the person that sent me the notice that there's some very Mm well-known rabbi in, in Jerusalem, who's going to open, reopen the trial of Jesus. Have you heard about this? I I did mention that to you. And I mentioned that to Marty, Marty Getz a couple of days ago, and he was familiar with this. Yeah. This rabbi um, Uh has been studying uh, the, the life of Jesus. And he's come to the conclusion that the trial against Jesus on like five separate counts was breaking the law of the Sanhedrin and it was illegal. And that he's suggesting that, that they retry Yeshua. (laughs) So that conversation is happening. And, and I'm sure people, some of your listeners may have more details than that, but that's what I've heard so far. And just pray, pray into that end that, that eyes would be opened and hearts would be softened, you know? Yes. Well, it sure is good catching up with you. Uh, you need to come out while, now that you're home, and we'll take another walk. I'll make you some coffee. I and- look forward to it. You're a fine roaster, my friend. <laughs> I need to I need to get one of those little popcorn makers that you roast your coffee. I told my brother uh, about that. He's he's on board. Yes, when you can snatch the coffee bean from my hand, Pilgrim, then you will be ready <laughs> to roast your own coffee. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Well, thanks, Aaron. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's been some Absolutely. time with us. God thanks bless you. Thanks for having you. me on. God bless you. So before we go, we're going to listen to a song now from uh, Lazarus's tomb, a song called In the Wilderness. So this is just to catch up with where we've been. In the wilderness, in the wilderness, he calls his sons and daughters. of our wanting where the darkness seems so deep we search for a beginning for an exodus to home and find that those who follow him must often walk alone 
Does that take you back to Israel just to hear that recording? Yeah, it really does. And it's a beautiful uh, church uh, just down, a little ways down the hill from where uh, the the tomb of Lazarus is in Bethany. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you hear the echo. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a great moment. Yeah, a real treat to hear that. And a treat to hear you with Aaron here today as well. So, hey, um, a couple of weeks ago was Easter. And again, thanks to our listeners who... Uh, who really seem to enjoy that uh, that programming during the Easter season. A couple of comments Stephanie wrote and said, just listen to the podcast as I took a long walk. My Bible study begins in two and a half hours, and we're going to read and talk about this. She's referring to the uh, Unmiraculous Miracles message that you gave from in Cuba that we aired yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Thank wow. you, Michael, for this timely message. You are always spot on, Stephanie wow. says. Wow. <laughs> what great encouragement. Yeah. How yeah, about— thanks, uh, Stephanie. How, how about this note from Mark? Do you have that one in front of you? Yeah, Mark says, uh, always good stuff on this program. I've enjoyed Michael's music since the early 80s and really like to hear the story behind the songs. Love how in the studio digs deeper into scripture and challenges my way of thinking. That's exactly what we're trying to do, isn't it, Wayne? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, I hope you had a good Easter with your family. I did, and uh, you you were uh, you mentioned that you had a really a special experience in worship this Easter. Well, you know, I, I I haven't said this to anybody, but just the experience of walking into church on Easter Sunday morning, sitting down, and there was a full orchestra, full choir, wow. and they began to sing "Christ the Lord is Risen Today," and. I don't know why, but the tears just started to flow, Mike. And uh, wow. I, I mean, you've had that kind of experience before, haven't you? Yeah, when it when when the the reality of uh, what Easter means dawns on you, and sort of the love that uh, that that God was expressing to us through Christ. I mean, you just feel loved, and you feel that uh, he 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 actually did that for you, and it was all validated right. by the resurrection. It's just too much sometimes, and all yeah. you can do is cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think I was also thinking of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. I've been so involved in mm. telling their stories recently. And to think about 
worship and uh, what we have in Christ in the midst of all that as well was just very overcoming for me. So thanks for asking about that. Uh, In a few moments, we're going to hear from Charles Morris, and you'll meet Charles here on the podcast. In the meantime, we invite you to go to michaelcard.com for more information about what we're talking about here and resources for Michael, or you can email us in the studio at michaelcard.com. So stay with us for the second half coming up. I'm so glad the Holy Land Illustrated Bible is this month's featured resource. I spent a lot of time traveling throughout Israel, and I learn new things about the life situation of the scriptures every time I go. This Bible edition reminds me of where I've been in Israel, and I hope it'll make the scriptures come alive for you too. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. Be sure to apply the 40% discount available on your CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type CARD40 as one word in the promotion code for your 40% discount with LifeWay. The Holy Land Illustrated Bible is packed with hundreds of pictures, articles, maps, and illustrations that will bring the ancient world to life. Dig deep into the text with the helpful study tools as you discover the meaning and message of God's Word to you today. I hope you take advantage of this beautiful and well-thought-out study edition of the Bible. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible now at csbible.com. Mike, I so enjoy the listener comments, the interaction we receive yeah. from listeners. They have no idea how much it encourages us and, and spurs us on. Yeah. And you have another one in front of you from Georgia. Do you want to share this one? Yeah, I, re- I really appreciate this from Janice. Um, she said, Emmanuel has always been and continues to be my favorite song. Would love to hear this on your podcast soon. But Emmanuel is also your book I use in the approach to Easter. This quote has struck me yet again. Oh. Here's the quote. The fact of Jesus' resurrection is the reason for our hope that we will rise again as well. I wonder if there will be the same absence of haste when my own eyes um, through dust and ashes slowly open to finally see his face. Through dust and ashes assured me no one is too far gone for God to resurrect in Christ. Janice from Georgia. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. That's so encouraging. About that, huh? <laughs> yes. She's referring to your book, Emmanuel, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asked for you to sing the song. We'll actually uh, play that here on the podcast. But right now, let's uh, let's ask you to set this next song up, and then we'll hear from our guest, We Are Not Scattered Strangers. I've always loved this song, Mike. Yeah, this this song uh, came, really kind of came to me after I've been to, to China and went to a, a, a visited a house church. I think we were meeting in a garage. And um, realized that um, there's this perception that um, we're that we are strangers and that we're scattered. But the truth is, I felt a oneness with those believers in China. I know you've had this experience in the Ukraine and elsewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt, in fact, there was a there was a little old lady, a uh, little Chinese lady, that wanted me to go home with her and have lunch that day, and she was like my <laughs> I mom. The picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like my mom, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and th- that's where this song came from. This idea that uh, uh, we are one, and even though sometimes we act like we're not one, uh, you know, we're one family in Christ. We are not scattered strangers. Here's Mike. We are not scattered strangers. We are one 
and we are free though we have broken faith and divided we are one family it's time we weep together for the time we've been apart for our hatred of each other for our stubborn hearts for the prisoner we've forgotten in a foreign land if we could weep their tears then maybe we'd finally understand we are not scattered strangers we are one and we are free though we have broken faith and divided we are one family when he cried out to the Father on bended knee In the garden where he pleaded for our unity As he cried out from the cross that it finally was done Tell me is that not enough for us to become one? We are not scattered strangers We are one we are free though we have broken faith and divided we are one family thank you michael what an appropriate song to lead into our next segment here as we talk with charles morris the host of haven today i've always loved this man michael but especially uh, now, because I know his heart is in tune with what what God's people are doing to overcome all the evil in Ukraine right now. So I'm so thankful for Charles. Michael, I know you've been on his program before. Yeah, it was a long time ago. He just reminded me of that. And uh, yeah, everything's a long time ago, right, Charles? <laughs> exactly. That's right. We're all celebrating birthdays this year as we all are getting older. But uh, that, that's, that's, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I, got, uh, I got a couple of months on you, Charles, and I got a few years on Michael. So yeah, no I, sympathy I, here. I'd like to make the point that you're both significantly older than I am. <laughs> exactly. Let's yeah. make, let's just be very clear about yes. that, Michael. Yes, thank so, you. Thank uh, you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charles, your background is in journalism, and yet uh, to, you know, to quote the old King James, you know how to rightly divide the word of truth, right? So, I mean, that combination is, is just a great combination for Haven today. Um, tell us a little bit about your background as a journalist. Well, before the Lord got hold of my life again, I was a secular journalist, and and I was in TV and radio news, and then uh, I worked for you, the old United Press International was a bureau chief for them, and uh, and then the Lord led me back. I was a Jonah, and uh, but that has lingered as part of my background, and so on. The radio program I lead, Haven Today, uh, we talk about what's going on in the world. We do that in light of not just Scripture, but in light of the gospel, and in light of reading Scripture through the Jesus lens, cover to cover. So that's what I was taught by a, a great guy who's now with the Lord in Philadelphia at a seminary there, and that's that's what we do every day. And so 
when things go on in the world, we're not just looking for, is this a sign that the rapture is coming at 2.45 p.m. tomorrow? (laughs) We're not looking for that. But we are looking for the hand of the Lord. And so when, you know, we've done this before. The ministry I lead founded Far East Broadcasting. Wayne, you're on the board. Yeah. Uh, You know, we've. And, and and when when ISIS was going through uh, Iraq, uh, I traveled to Iraq multiple times, wrote a book, and 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 we did broadcasts there, with, where you could hear the bombs coming down on Mosul or the ancient Nineveh at mm, the time, wow. and the earth would shake under your feet. But this this is different. Mm. In in my case, I had never been where refugees were fleeing for their lives. And uh, so we just decided after praying a few days, I took a team of three of our younger guys, I might add, Michael, and uh, we, we, we went there and we interviewed refugees. We met them coming just across the border. Uh, the president of Mission Eurasia, uh, who, of course, is a good friend of, of yours, Wayne, uh, he was with us. And um, so we were at the border. We were at the main train station in Poland where thousands of refugees were coming through every day. We went to churches. We met with Christians. And then just everyday people who just wanted to be good Samaritans and didn't even know who Jesus was, we were talking to them at the border as well. And uh, it's sobering. Uh, when you talk to a mother, and we talked to many, many mothers uh, who were there with children, their children, uh, the kids might have been able to get it out with a teddy bear or maybe a little, uh, a little blanket, a blinky or something, mm-hmm. and um, and they were so resolute, and and until you said who did you have to leave behind and then that's when their yeah. faces crumbled but from all the christians all the pastors that are still in the country and those who have managed to escape uh and we've been doing this on our program for the last two months uh, interviewing people in country out of country christian leaders non-christians as well what we hear over and again from the christians is the Lord is at work, he is going to use this. And so that, Wayne, you know this, Michael, you don't know this, but when we, our theme that we've had for for going on two months on our radio program every day is, Lord, may we pray boldly and may we give boldly, and may we pray boldly that you would turn this Russian army back. Hmm and confuse the minds uh, of the leaders, uh, including uh, Vladimir Putin. And just as our God did amazing things with foreign armies in the Hebrew Bible, like the Syrians, uh, we can trust and, and, and plead with him by boldly praying that he'll do, do the same thing with his Russian army. And uh, and I think we've seen some of yeah. we've seen God's hands at work already, but now it's in a new phase. I don't know where it's going, uh, but I don't have to worry about that. I can just still every day. My wife and I pray boldly, and I challenge our listeners to pray boldly as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, as we speak, the battle for uh, the Donbass and Mariupol, and it's just horrible right now. So um, we pray every day uh, for our friends there. Uh, Michael, this is, uh, this is so important to talk about right now. Um, the thing I love about Charles and others is that, you know, when the need came up, they were right there. They were mm-hmm. Johnny on the spot, so to speak, and not just with their presence, which was so important, extremely important, but also with their heart to give. Yeah. And Charles, Charles won't say this, but mm-hmm. I'll say this, and you can you can modify the number, Charles. But I I know that well north of a million dollars has been donated by Charles listeners to relief work mm-hmm. through Mission Eurasia, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm mm-hmm. just so very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Well, we we're glad that we could do this and and when the Lord does something like this, he typically does it because it was not according to plan. We were not trying to raise over 1.3 million dollars, which is what it is as of this morning when I asked uh it, it it's it's just we felt like we needed to tell the story and while we're there, we needed to raise support and you know we weren't going to do this we're we're not in the humanitarian aid business uh, and but we found out that mission eurasia has been in the past already had a plan in place and was able to launch that plan and already had the connection with a few thousand churches in the old Soviet Union, hundreds in Poland and Moldova and Slovakia. And and and, and last I heard, it was well over 20,000 meals, yeah. uh, boxes that feed a family of five for a week, 20,000 boxes distributed by a Christian ministry that was already at place in work at work in that part of the world. Yeah, as as sort of an outsider, I, I've 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 been a lot of other places in the world, but never never Ukraine. Been to Romania, uh, but never been to you to the Ukraine. And and I feel a little bit an, an outsider in terms of I don't know any pastors there, I don't know any missionaries there, I don't under. All I have is what I see on CNN and the the little fragments, these bits and pieces of. Um, news that isn't always uh, trustworthy, shall we say? And so, to to hear from you two brothers, what's actually going on there, and how uh, the church is mobilized and alive, and and um, and and we are having an impact in feeding people. That's that's a huge encouragement to someone like me who's on the outside and trying to understand what's really happening in Ukraine. Mm. I totally agree, Michael. And and and, yeah. and the wonderful thing about these food boxes that Mission Eurasia is distributing, uh, which is remarkable in itself. Uh, the amazing thing about that is what they 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 didn't do this the first few days, but because they were having to scramble just to get the food together for the box. But they are now putting in. Uh, at least a New Testament in every one. Because, I mean, think about this. 95% or so of the people in Ukraine would be Orthodox. There's been a big split between the Russian and the Ukrainian Orthodox Church the last few years. That would be a whole other podcast if we got into that. But uh, mm-hmm. in, in that split, but... The, the while they would say the Apostles' Creed and they would uh, 
adhere morally to tenets or try to, tenets of the Christian faith, they don't read the Bible. And many don't even own a Bible. Mm. And so for the first time, many of these people uh, whose lives have been upended and they've been given this box of food that will feed their family for a week and they're on top, just above the food, is a Bible telling the story of Jesus. Mm. And they're actually Mm. reading it. And we're getting daily reports from Mission Eurasia and also Far East Broadcasting and even pastors there that people are coming to Christ because of a war. And they're probably ready to listen uh, as, as... as in no other time in their life, right? I mean, I'm all ears when I, when my life has been up, upended, like you said, and I'm in, I'm fleeing from, you know, whatever. Uh, and then all of a sudden, somebody puts a Bible in my hand. I'm ready to to listen to what it has to say. Yeah, Charles. Hey, Charles, I, I I know you know the story of the church. One of the churches in Poland has really taken this refugee crisis under their wing and. They're even, you know, when Ukrainians have to stand in line as refugees in Poland, this church is pulling the children out of line and playing with the children to give them something to do. And the parents say, this is the first time I've seen a smile on my child's face since this whole Mm. thing started. And at the same time, as you were saying a moment ago, Charles, people are walking up and asking they're requesting a copy of the Word of God. You know, they're they're not being given and say, "Okay, I'll accept this." They, do you have one I could have? Can you put it in my hands? Well, it's so true, and I, I, uh, you know, I was raised, you know, uh, to be suspicious of foxhole conversions, but. Uh, Far East Broadcasting as a pastor, he's actually been called up into the army because all males are having to serve at this point. But he uh, sent his family out. He stayed behind. He's been going on the streets every day. And every time he walks up, which is multiple times a day to a group of soldiers, Ukrainian soldiers, I'm a pastor. May I pray for you? That's all he has to say. They've already dropped to their knees by the time he says that. He lays hands. He shares Jesus wow. with them. Reminds me, it reminds me of my old Uncle Bill. Uh, he, 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 and, and this is the crazy thing, Michael. Every Western European, Germans don't like to talk about World War II. Even the Germans, when I was there, were comparing mm-hmm. Putin to Hitler. Wow. My Uncle Bill was in World War II. And he got hit by a German bullet, and it hit that pocket New Testament covering his heart. It didn't stop on John 3.16, so it's not that great a story. (laughs) However, he pulled that out. His life was saved, and he figured God was sending him a message. I better start reading this pocket New Testament (laughs) they gave me when I enlisted. And he became a believer in the depths of World War II. And for the rest of his life, he went on mission trips, he served Jesus, he loved his Lord with all his heart, soul, and mind. And uh, do you know what? I never heard the story until just before he died. He didn't talk much about his personal life, but you know what? I've seen the New Testament. Yeah, I know it's true. What a great story. Goodness Mm. sake, all right. Well, uh, Producer Joe has reminded me about Romans 8, and I'd I'd love to read a whole long passage of it here, but just think about Romans 8 and what Paul says about uh, Jesus being at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. 
And he says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're seeing that unfold mm. in the lives of so many people right now. Mm. I'm, I'm so grateful for what's happening through organizations like Charles and Haven Today and Mission Eurasia and Far East Broadcasting. It's just exciting to be alive at this point in history, Mike. Mm. Okay, so once again, as sort of an outsider, you guys need to tell me what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Uh, Hey, uh, Wayne may be chairman of the board, but uh, <laughs> we need to ask anybody listening today to the podcast. It is still not too late, and uh, you you need to give, uh, and and everybody listening needs to send a gift. Uh, if you send it to us at haventoday.org, we don't take a handling fee. We wire it directly into the bank account of Mission Eurasia, and it's there. Or, Wayne, give the Mission Eurasia. It doesn't matter yep. how it gets there. It really doesn't. MissionEurasia.org, uh, Mike. But you know what? My point is, Charles and Mike, we cannot outgive this need. If this war ended today, think about the need that's going to continue for a long time mm-hmm. to come because of the devastation. So we we just cannot outgive this need right now. And we need to pray, of course. Mm-hmm. That goes almost without saying, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Charles, thank you. Thank you for your life, for your ministry, for who you are, and thank you for what you're doing right now in the name of Christ. Oh, it's Wayne, Michael, it's been great to be with you, and Joe behind the microphone, thank you for letting me be part of today's podcast. And Michael, earlier we had that listener comment that they asked if you would sing Emmanuel. I think this is the perfect moment to hear that song from Michael Card here in the studio. Emmanuel. A sign shall be given. A virgin will conceive A human baby bearing undiminished deity The glory of the nations A light for all to see And hope for all who will embrace His one reality Emmanuel And against us, our God is with us, Emmanuel. For all those who live in the shadow of death, a glorious light. God is with us, Emmanuel.
be your answer? Or will you hear the call of him who did not spare his son, but gave him for us all? On earth there is no power, there is no depth or height that could ever separate us from the love Michael. And with that, we've come to the end of this session. We're glad you were with us for this hour. Please post a comment on the Michael Card Music Facebook page. Write via email in the studio at michaelcard.com. That's in the studio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your comments. We're glad for the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you get serious with God's Word. This month, we're featuring the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. Immerse yourself in the world at the time the scripture was written. There's hundreds of pictures, helpful charts, and articles and illustrations about the situation in Bible times that will bring the scripture to life. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible. When you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay the Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. Now, for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, thanks for listening to In the Studio with Michael Card.